Welcome to the Becoming You podcast with your host, Rachel Wood. This podcast is designed to help you step into your greatest self with solo episodes with Rachel and her guests and their stories of becoming. Let's dive in. Hello, 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 my sweet friends. Welcome back to the Becoming You podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Wood. And today, this is going to be kind of a quick episode, but it's going to be so good. Today, I'm talking all about what to do when your life feels like it has been completely flipped upside down. Now, when I say that, you are probably going to interpret that in your own way. For me, what that looked like was leaving a career that I had spent $80,000 to get and not having a plan as to what I was going to do next. Now, you guys, if you've been listening to the podcast long enough, you guys know my story. You know that I went to school for nursing. I had like decided when I was, what, 16 years old that I was going to try out nursing and didn't really have much of a like plan B because plan B was not an option, aka perfectionist over here. We never have any other plan other than plan A. And so when I finally realized that nursing was not the career for me, and I plucked up the courage to depart from it, I had no plan. My life got completely flipped upside down. And so when I say this whole piece of your life being flipped upside down, maybe it's by your own intention, maybe it's by your own actions, but it also might not be. For some people, that may be a the death of a spouse. It may be the death of a child. It may be a divorce. It may be um, losing your job. It may be, you know, a multitude of things, your house burning down. It could be literally anything. So you can take this, your life being flipped upside down, the rug being pulled out from underneath you, whatever you want to say about it, apply it to your life and see how you can come up with some sort of plan for yourself. And I'm going to give you the steps to kind of frame your plan or to kind of formulate what you can do. And this is also something that you can keep in mind for like for the future and also for like advice giving for your friends, for your close, your, the people that are closest to you in your life. I am somebody who has experienced deep pain and to the outside looker, to the person who, you know, is looking at my situation from the outside, sometimes people don't know what to do in the midst of crisis for others, in the midst of tragedy. It's easy to throw like, you know, we'll pray for you, here's some cash, you know, you know, whatever we saying all the things like, what can we do to support you? But the reality is, is that other than like cash donations, there's not a whole lot that can like fix your situation if cash is even something that can help to fix it. For many things, it's really not. It's not the thing that's going to fix it. So just thinking about like, how does this apply to my life and utilizing this framework so that I can use it for myself and also to help and support other people that are just going through the crap that feel lost and feel like they don't know what to do. So Here's my 
advice. And I'll just disclaimer this. This is truly just my thoughts. This is not to be taken as like, I'm not a therapist. You guys know that. Do with this what you will. These are just my thoughts. And this is what has helped me in moments in my life when I've been dealing with crisis, both big and small. Okay. So when the rug gets pulled out from underneath you in your life, step one, do nothing. Pause. Stop what you're doing. Unless there is like life-threatening crisis in front of you, deal with that. But otherwise, don't try and go about solving your problem immediately. I was watching, what's the movie called? Now I'm trying to remember. Gosh, you guys, this always happens to me. I'm like doing this on the fly. Movie with Steve Carell. It's on Netflix. Crazy Stupid Love. That's what it's called. The movie with Ryan Gosling in which he takes his shirt off and he's absolutely a smoke show. That movie. So at the beginning of the movie, Steve Carell's wife, she tells him over dinner that he that she wants a divorce. And he's, of course, not expecting it at all. And so he doesn't try to argue with her. He doesn't try to, and she tells him that she cheated on him, but he doesn't try to argue with her. He doesn't do anything. He literally just rolls over and like allows it to happen. He's like, just tell me to sign whatever piece of paper. I'll do whatever you want. And it's just interesting because so many people, when they're confronted with this extreme crisis, their immediate reaction is to like launch into like protect, save, fix mode. That's me. Um, but allowing yourself to just process what just happened to you is the most important thing. So don't actively do anything. Your only job in the first stage of dealing with your life being completely moved around is to simply process. That can look like all of the seven, all the seven stages of grief, right? Of the grieving process, the bargaining, the anger, the depression, the acceptance eventually. But allow yourself to go through that grieving process and at least start going through it. It doesn't do you any good. Truly, it doesn't do anybody any good to start trying to fix from a place of feeling like something is extremely wrong. Like I said, life-threatening stuff, that's another story entirely. But when you feel like something is going terribly, terribly wrong in your life, the first reaction should not be to try and fix it because chances are your decision-making abilities are not going to be the best. So it's best to allow yourself to process fully, sleep on it, take a beat, take a minute, take a month, whatever you need to process your feelings and your emotions so that you can make rational decisions going forward. Step two, when you have at least started to process your emotions, the next thing is to look up and look around. You need to get the lay of the land, get the lay of your new landscape. You can ask the question like, what the boop just happened to me? Because when big things, when big changes happen in our lives, 
it literally is like the ground being unearthed underneath us. We need to like figure out where we can walk. We need to, you know, figure out what all of this stuff just looks like. I've thought about this. If you don't live in the Pacific Northwest, then maybe you haven't heard about this. But for years now, we've been hearing about how like the great Cascadia earthquake is going to happen. And if it happens, it's going to be like real bad, like real, real bad to the point that like everything, I think that they've said like everything west of I-5 basically is going to be like decimated, like destroyed. So it's like, if something like that happens, like proverbially in your life, it's not going to be like, oh my gosh, I have to, you know, go and try and fix this. No, no. (laughs) You have to figure out what things even look like to begin with. I'm giving all these examples, but like even just a few months ago during that ice storm in February, it was so crazy because we just took like a walk that morning to try and see what the, our neighborhood looked like. We were just trying to survey the area. It was crazy. And I'm really glad that we went on that walk because if we had just stayed in our little neighborhood or if we had only stayed at our house, we would not have had any understanding of the full breadth and depth of the destruction. It was really intense. So when you are going through intense struggle or big change in your life that's causing you issue, then it's important to look up, look around, see what you're working with, get the lay of your own land, right? Okay. Step three. Now it's important with your world being shattered, being unearthed, whatever, It's important for you to evaluate the most important things to you. I feel like I'm talking about crisis management here. It probably is. Maybe if you want to get technical and and clinical about it, this is what we're talking about is crisis management. But like, it's important for you to evaluate what are the most important things for you. And not just like a survival standpoint, which to me, that's like immediate crisis needs deal with that stuff first. But what are the most important things to you in your life? Is it the relationships you have with your family? Is it your kids? Is it your partner? Is it these things that you have been working towards that you are 100%, 1000% committed to? Is it your house? What are those things in your life, in the global hierarchy of your life, that are the most important things? And it's important to be able to calibrate what those things are for you because they are the foundation. It's the foundation from which you build your life, the things that you care most about. For me, this has been a perpetual question I've had to ask because, and I think that this happens for everybody as they, you know, move through and into a more mature adulthood is figuring out what your real priorities are. My priorities even five years ago were not the same as they are now totally different priorities. My priorities 10 years ago, vastly different than they are now. So part of this comes from experience, life experience, but also thinking about what do I want in the grand scheme of my life? What makes sense for me? What really and truly brings me happiness? And if you don't know what that is, this is a fantastic time to start thinking about it, right? 
crisis is one of those amazing things that it is both a gift and a curse because it is so painful to experience, but at the same time, it causes us to completely like pull ourselves out of the narrow focus that we've been in and look at our lives at all as a whole, right? Figure out where your priorities are, nail them down. This is the foundation from which you build. So now you get to head back to the drawing board with your priorities. And I will say as a side note, your priorities should be reflective of the things that you want and the things that you care about, not what other people think that you should want. I am learning this lesson the super hard way. Make sure that your priorities are reflective of what makes you happy, not what other people think that you should have or should do or whatever, right? So you head to the drawing board with these priorities in mind, set your goals, make your plans, but also be open to things changing potentially a lot. One of the things, the most valuable things that I ever learned in the short time that I was a nurse was reprioritization because I was constantly getting handed both new information and new patients and new ways of doing things all the time. And so it was a matter of keeping a running priority list in my head or on a piece of paper and being willing to alter my priorities constantly. If I'm working with a patient and all of a sudden some nurse pops her head in and is like, Hey, you're getting a new patient next door. They're X, Y, and Z. Then that's a moment when I have to decide Do I get to stay in the room that I'm in currently or do I need to leave to go deal with that new patient? It's that kind of stuff, right? Being able to reprioritize is so key. And that really just comes from being a good critical thinker and also being flexible, right? And not thinking that things are going to go to crap because your priority list has to change. No, no, not the case. So make your goals, make your plans, be flexible, be open to change, Because as you've just experienced this massive change, the more you can prepare yourself and be flexible to change, the easier life will be. And it's not to say that, you know, we shouldn't find groundedness. We shouldn't find foundation in our lives, but it's simply to say that being relaxed and being open will serve you over and over and over again. Step five. Now that you've got your plan in place and your priorities named, it's important to take it one day at a time. I am the chronic, I'm literally raising my hand as I'm recording this. I am a chronic future tripper, which sucks. It's like a bummer when you're living your life constantly for the future and you're never living for today because you're constantly thinking, I have to get to this point in the future. When I get here, things will be better. Things will be different. I will be better. I will be happier. That is a friggin' trap, man. That is a mind trap that you do not want to be in. Focus on what you can do for yourself today and enjoy it, man. Enjoy each day as it comes, both the highs and the lows, because they're coming. It's just a fact. The highs and the lows will be there. So it's really important that we learn to ride those waves. And it's totally okay to be present. I promise the future will come. 
And as long as you are in integrity with yourself about what you're doing every day, those things will come forward. I literally verbalized this to Steven today. I've always had this worry. One of the biggest reasons I've never pursued art as a career choice was because in my mind, I thought that until I was making a ton of money and quote unquote famous enough (laughs) that I wouldn't be considered successful and that it wasn't good enough, which is obviously insane, but that's how my mind works. But I had to decide that being in what I'm doing right now, every day, if I'm consistent with it and I just keep doing it and keep showing other people what I'm making, like it literally has no choice but to eventually catch on. Unless you just make something that is just like terrible and like super, you know, awful. But by then you'll get the signal because nobody will, after a while, if nobody's interested in it, then you know that you need to readjust, right? But for me, I know that I make beautiful work and I know that I'm committed to continuing to improve my skill and to making more beautiful work all the time. And I already have evidence of that. I look back from when I started back in September and was doing this uh, full time. Man, my skills have improved so much and it's awesome and I love it. So just keeping that consistency, taking it one day at a time and not dogging on yourself because you haven't reached pinnacle success right away or because you're not there yet, quote unquote. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy every single day. Be in your life living it. It's everything because otherwise you're just letting your life pass you by and that stinks. I don't want to wait for the day when I'm quote unquote successful. I want to live my life. I want to enjoy every moment of it as much as I possibly can. I feel like this is stuff that I'm like relearning constantly over and over and over again. But every time I learn it, it's getting more and more solidified. And I know that so much of this is just from like gaining truly just life experience and wisdom, but it just rings so true for me, especially today. Last thing. With crisis, with the rug being ripped out from underneath you, of course there's that temptation and that desire to look backwards. But my caution to you is this. Don't spend too much time looking backwards. You already know what happened. Every time we relive that stuff, coming from a negative place as opposed to reminiscing, we're literally just making ourselves watch a bad movie over and over and over again in our minds. I get that if you want to look back at the past because there's positive memories back there, that's, that's one thing. And I totally support that. But looking backwards because you're upset and wish that you could change what happened, that is 1000% a waste of your time. And it seems like, yeah, no kidding. That's obviously a waste of anyone's time. Because if you're anything like me, you're probably, you've probably already overanalyzed it to death. So there's no point in having cyclical thoughts about the past over and over and over again. I am very familiar with cyclical thoughts and feeling like they are uncontrollable. 
But something that heals those cyclical thoughts is both a refusal to allow them to continue, to stop yourself when you notice that they're ha- you're having them. And also giving yourself grace. Letting that stuff go. Saying, I know that there's nothing for me there anymore. I'm allowed to let this go. I'm allowed to move beyond it. And back that up with why. Why am I allowed to move on beyond this? Because I want to. Because I want to let this stuff go. Because it's painful for me to think about. The less you reflect back on that stuff after you've already beaten it to death, the less it can affect you going forward. And the more you have opportunity to build your life with new stuff, with new experience, you still have the wisdom of the past, but you get to build your life on this beautiful new foundation. And like I said at the beginning, I know that everybody's going to take this stuff a little bit differently depending on what your circumstances are. But just know that there is a way to get through whatever it is that you're struggling with. Whatever crappy thing happened to you, you can get through it. I know you can. Think about these six steps that I just outlined. If you need to go back and listen to it again, do that. Save this episode. Share it with your friends. Give it to somebody or send it to somebody that maybe is having a really hard time in their life right now. and feels like they're stuck and they can't move forward. That was me for so long. I just felt stuck. And the biggest piece of me being stuck was that last part. I spent too much time looking in the back, looking in the past, looking backwards. And when I finally stopped doing that, what a relief. What a relief that was. It was a blessing. And it's not to say that I never look back. But it's to say that I look back at that stuff with a very different attitude now. I don't look back with sorrow. I look back with a little bit of pity for myself, a little bit of sadness, but also incredible joy because I've made it to the other side, because I've survived, and because all of the crappy stuff that happened to me, hard, oh yeah. But it helped me to be wiser and to ultimately be a better person. So cliche, definition of cliche. Yes, we get it. But it's the truth. So that's what we're going to go with. Okay, I hope this episode was helpful for you today. If you have questions, please don't hesitate to send them to me. As always, you guys can shoot me an email, rachel at rachelwoodart.com. Or you can message me on Instagram at realist underscore Rach. You should also follow me there. Um, You can also find me over on Facebook. Uh, I have a page specifically dedicated to my art stuff. And I also post all the podcast episodes there as well. You can find the link for that Facebook page in the description here. This is what was on my mind and on my heart today. And I hope that you enjoyed it. My house is filled with the smell of bread And I just finished a couple of paintings today that I'm madly in love with. I just wanted to throw this one last thing out here. Earlier yesterday, I asked a question on Instagram about what is something that you make 
doesn't matter what it is that you make that you're also totally obsessed with. And I got some cool answers, but I would love to know yours. So you can send that to me again, like I said, on Instagram, Facebook, email it to me, but tell me what's the thing that you make, whether it's a craft, a food, a handmade item, a garden, it doesn't matter what it is. What's the thing that you make that is so bomb that you love it and that you're completely obsessed with and you want to tell everybody about it? Tell me what it is. I'd love to hear. Okay, that's what I'll leave you with today. I'll talk to you guys soon. I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you.